Listen, we live in a world that's selfish. Completely selfish. I, I don't think I've ever seen so much selfishness going on in the world as we do today. I mean, it's just rampant. Everything's about me and mine, get me and mine, and, and I ain't taking care of anybody else's. Well, we don't believe that as the church. We believe as a church we need to take responsibility for me and my own, but we also need to take responsibility for those that are around us that we can help and that we can impact. And like we've talked about so many times, you don't have to have the P in front of your name, pastor, to, to be a, work, a, a worker gospel in the ministry. You just don't. You can walk around and just, you know, discreetly uh, and just by your example, show people that Jesus is real. And so hopefully we're taking advantage of that. We're making the best out of that during this Advent season. But let me say again what Advent means. The word Advent actually means the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event, coming, waiting, expecting. I like the way it was said by a monk. He said, the practice of Advent is participating in the ancient expectancy of the Messiah and ardently or fiercely expecting him again. So during this time of uh, this Christmas season, we can make this be a holy reboot for all of us. We talked about that last week. Scripture's about hope. Um, I'm going to give you some more of those today. The the three things uh, as a foundation that we want to remember. Number one, God's faithful. Can anybody say amen to that? God is faithful. God's desire toward us is to Give us his kingdom. He is not a withholder. I want to say that again. God is not a, well, you know, God just doesn't give, God doesn't say yes to everything. Yes, he does in his word, he does. He says yes and amen to everything he's promised you in his word. Wow. He's promised you everything in the word in the yes and amen so you can take it to the bank. If he promises you. Now, if so-and-so, if you're single and -and so-and-so looks like they'd be a great spouse, you can't claim them in the name of Jesus. That's not the way it works, okay? That's not the way it works. Especially, you know, you can't claim somebody else's. That's not good either. Okay, but, but the Bible does have specific promises for us for our lives that we can take to the bank every time. Well, Pastor John, why doesn't some prayer get answered? That's above my pay grade, sorry. I can't answer that for you. I can't answer it for myself. I can't answer it for you. Um, I will say there's a lot of time, there's, there's, there's humanness in the midst of your need, right? Humanness that causes us to see things very narrowly, very blindly, and maybe not have our mind and heart open to truth so that we can maybe be in a place where we say, Jesus, I can receive that from you. So I think it's really important that we talk about his faithfulness, his desire to give us the kingdom, and then, of course, his grace. I was trying to explain this. I told you that I, uh, that I, um, that I do go to counseling from time to time as well uh, because I believe... I believe in what we preached in last month, and that is your mental health is supremely important. Your mental health is so important. Matter of fact, your mental health will keep you from receiving things from God if your mental health is poor. Can I just tell you that? God's never the problem, y'all. 
God's never the problem. He's not going, well, I'm just going to hold all this up here because you haven't dotted those I's and crossed those T's and done ABC. I'm not giving it to you. That's not who God is. He already has given. Is has given past, present, or future? It's not a trick question. Is has given. If I have given you a Bible, did I give it to you now, in the future, or yesterday? Thank you. It's the past. So if he has given, he has given. It's not like he gets to withhold and say, well, I gave that to you, but see, you didn't do this, this, and this, so I'm going to withhold it. I am so convinced that half the time us not receiving answers to prayer is just our, our, our frame of mind, our inability to believe that we're worthy of it. That's the biggest one right there. Your inability to believe that you're worthy of those things. I just want to say this out loud, just out loud. It may sound, you know, haughty, but I deserve everything that Jesus died for. I don't deserve it because I'm so great. Whoa, let's make sure we understand that ain't true. Not because I'm great. It's because he's great. And I just believe in what he did. So that makes me worthy. I want you to say this out loud. I am worthy of all God's blessings. We got to remind ourselves that, that he's faithful. He wants to give us the kingdom. He's not a withholder and that his grace toward us is great. All right, so we talked about some scriptures last week, and these scriptures we talked about, honestly, alone were enough to ignite our understanding that God not only answers prayer, but longs to be good to us. Your heavenly Father longs to be good to you. I was talking with someone earlier, and we talked about what you put your expectation in. Are you putting your expectation in this happening, or are you just going to put your expectation in God and trust Him with it? Because those who put their hope in the Lord will never be disappointed. So I don't get my mindset on, you know, remember we talked about, uh, I think it was last week, we talked about how God just supernaturally provides, or maybe it was the week before, how God has always supernaturally provided for us as a church. Whoa. Oh, gosh. These things just don't love me. I got to put it on my belt. I know, Greg, shut up. Put it on my belt. It's on my belt now. Okay, I'm good. All right. We talked about this, that God provides, right? That he supernaturally provides. Well, just to kind of give you an idea, once again, we just wrote two $50,000 checks out of our account for the building. Two $50,000 checks that went out to pay for the building. I think we got about another $20,000 and then the building will be paid for. So now we're focusing on buying the building with all the money that's coming in for the building fund. So, of course, you know, in, in the month of December, I mean, everybody's buying gifts and, and, and there's different things and there's challenges and people, you know, a lot of times during this holiday season time have office parties going on and everything's going on on Saturday nights, isn't it? It just seems like that. That's why I can't wait till we have a Sunday morning service so that we actually can pick up all that traffic as well. But um, so we're just kind of going along and I'm like, okay, Lord, I just wrote two $50,000 checks out of, the, out of the account. You see what the balance is now and what we need and blah, 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 blah for the month. And I said, no, man, I'm just going to trust you. Guess what came in the mail? From somebody who doesn't go to the church. 
$10,000. Out of the blue, just comes, just provides. You know, that's one area in my life that I just really have strong faith. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I, I, I just feel comfortable with it. Like, like my faith with, for healing is much more challenged <laughs> than my faith for finances. Just my faith for finance, like, whatever, God, you're going to take care of it. I'm not worried about it. My mom said this to me when I was younger. John, money you can always make. Don't worry about that. Money you can always make. And she was right. Money you can always make. God will always provide, John. Don't worry about it. Mom's words are still coming back to me, even though she's been gone 22 years. I can't believe that. So anyway, hope. We got to have hope. There's got to be a little bit of hope. This builds on the inside of us. So let's look at 1 Peter 1.13. Brace up your minds. Be sober, circumspect, morally alert. Set your hope wholly and unchangeably on the grace, divine favor that is coming to you when Jesus Christ the Messiah is revealed. When we experience Jesus by sensing His presence, understanding His word, hearing His voice for direction, it inspires and creates hope on the inside of us. Just the other day, I told you last week, I, I, you know, I just hadn't been sensing God as much. I haven't been like, you know, I just haven't felt like I've connected with Him like I'm last couple weeks, but I was mindful as I was putting the Word of God in my heart. I'm putting in power. I'm putting that treasure in my heart. It's there. It's accessible. I've just done something holy. I've put the Word of God in my heart. We've got to remember that even when we can't feel Him, He's there. Even when we can't sense Him, or like, where was God? He's there. I promise you, He's there. Well, I don't want to hope because I just can't take the disappointment anymore. Anybody else feel like that? I have a friend, no lie, every day of his life, he wakes up and believes that this will be, he's a, he's a believer, mind you, he's a believer. He believes that today will be the worst day that he's ever faced, and by the end of the day, he's happy because it wasn't. But he's happy. I don't know. I, I just don't think that that's a good expectation. <laughs> hey, you know what? Today's going to be the absolute worst day. You know what? I don't have to believe for that. That happens automatically sometimes, you know. So I just, I just want to encourage you. Take the risk. You won't be disappointed. Take the risk. Well, I've been disappointed before, Pastor John. I've been disappointed so many times. I understand that. And I'm so sorry. And I don't understand. I don't understand why you're in the place you're at or what's going on. But this I do know. I know for sure that God wants to fill your heart with hope. Saying that I'm enough. I'm all you need. I can help you. I can grace you. I can give you. I can, I can, I can, I can. That's what he wants to get over to you tonight. Romans 15, 13. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, I love that, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. Man, that's powerful, isn't it? That word... Um, 
that, it, now, uh, that word uh, trust is actually the word believe. That word believe means think to be true. We've got to think God to be true above everything else that we're seeing and experiencing in our lives. We have to think Him to be true to His Word. We have to think Him to be true to His name. Because I'm just telling you guys right now, I, I was talking to a, a, a friend. She has a church that's down in Naples where I came from. They started the church after I left. Um, and she said, I'm telling you, and she's around my age. She's probably closer to 60. She's like, John, I'm telling you, that there's never been a time in my life where I feel like that, that Jesus is coming like I do today. She said the craziness that people are dealing with in the world right now and the, the craziness from COVID and how it's split and divided our country and it's split and divided families and it's caused people to just shrink back and she's right. Jesus is coming, y'all. I mean, I always used to think, yeah, Jesus is coming. Yeah, he'll come someday. You know, before I got married, it's like, I don't want him to come until I get married. <laughs> What's up with that? I don't want to be in heaven with Jesus until I get married. Okay. But I was young. I was young. I didn't know any better. But, uh, but I just really believe that he wants us to radiate with hope. When people get around you, they're, they're like, God, that guy just oozes positivity. That, that girl just oozes positivity. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing the word, reading, listening to the Bible, God speaking his now word to our hearts. It's not enough to read the Bible. God's got to speak that now word to you. He's got to illuminate that word. You're reading. How many of you have read a verse like a bazillion times and all of a sudden it was like, oh my goodness, how could I have not seen that? Anybody ever have that experience? That's an awesome, awesome place to be. And I think that's what God wants from us, for us. And I think the biggest thing he wants for us and from us right now, guys, is he wants us to understand that he loves us. So, he's so committed to his love for us that he gave. That word gave means love provoked to action. Do you love that? When you give to somebody it's, and you, and you, or you give of something, it's because your love provoked you to action. That's how God is with us. His love provoked action. He sent Jesus. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. John 15, 9 says, I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Abide in my love continue in his love with me he wants us to live in this same way that he loved us we should live loved most of our problems is is we just have an understanding deficiency of god's love well i don't feel or sense god you just have a deficiency right now of god's love that's all it's no big deal it's it can be completely remedied and fixed with one word from god or one thing that he shows you. You know, sometimes, especially when I'm on the golf course, because I love to play golf, um, to me, to me it's, it's more of like a sanctuary thing for me. When I can get out on a golf course, I can forget about y'all. I can forget about my family problems, 
you know, that, that I, or challenges that we may have. I can forget about myself. I can just get out there. And, and sometimes in the middle of that, I just hear the Holy Spirit say, just stop for a minute and just notice how beautiful it is out here. I gave this to you. And in that moment, what happened? God just revealed his love to me. He just touched me. He, 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 he let me know, this is how I feel about you. And man, when that happens, I start to radiate with hope. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us. Do you know anybody that does not typify that verse? Okay, move on. Because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all so that all might live, uh, so that all who live might live no longer to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. We see again, love needs to control, urge, and impel us to hope. Um, I'm going to read this last scripture and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap up tonight. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or, or the sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. We need to live loved. Live loved. And during this Christmas season, it's the perfect time to slow down, and to live loved. So could I have every head bowed and every eye closed for a moment? You know, there's going to be people up here tonight uh, as prayer partners that want to just agree and pray with you over your situation. So I'm just really going to encourage you um, to, to not leave here and suffer silently. You know, don't do that. Come on up tonight and let somebody pray for you and, and, and agree with you and encourage you. Father, I just thank you tonight for how awesome you've been and how your presence has touched our lives, how your goodness and your mercy and, and, and your, your kindness has just impacted us tonight. I'm asking in Jesus' name for every one of my friends here and their families that you bless them, that you cause them to be aware, recognize, and notice favor on their lives this week that you would speak to them and show them just how much you love them, the width, the length, the depth, and the height of the love of Christ. Let it compel us. Let it urge us. Let it propel us to be Jesus to somebody else during this Christmas season and to fill our heart with hope. God, there's people here tonight who have given up all hope. But I'm asking tonight that their hearts would radiate with hope because of your love, because of your kindness, because of your goodness. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. I love you guys so much. Don't forget, um, of course, we have next week's service. And then on December 23rd, we have Christmas celebration service right here from 6 to 645. We're going to have all types of Christmas cookies, gifts for the kids, hanging out in about 645 to 730. We're going to have a uh, candlelight, Christmas carols, Christmas story, communion. It's going to be great. It's going to be a beautiful Christmas celebration night. Um, very traditional uh, in how we're going to do it. So I really want to encourage you to be there. Love you all so much. Love you. Mean it. Bye-bye.